1: Now, over to your host, Anne Marie Cross.
0: And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 293, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose. Helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says we have to move from fear to faith and become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Not always uh, easy, is it? So joining me on today's show is Gregory Gray. Greg helps business owners find clarity so that they can create massive freedom in their life and in their business. And at the root of his mission is to help them find their purpose in life and true joy in God's promises. Now on today's show he's going to share first and foremost he has found his calling and purpose in life and he knows that God made him uniquely and sufficiently capable for what he is doing today. He's also going to share that through his journey he has found the keys to finding true success. He's going to talk about what that is, as well as blind spots, isolation and ego. Well, they are the enemies and he can speak very clearly into how these have impacted him and other business owners on their journey. And I'm sure it's probably part of many of our entrepreneurial journeys as well. Welcome to the show, Greg.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, Everything that you um, are going to talk about today, I think in every uh, one of our businesses, if we were sitting around a table together, we would all uh, share that yes, in one time of our life in one season in our life in our business, we can certainly relate to that. But calling and purpose, that's something that sometimes we struggle with. What is my calling? What is my purpose? So let's talk about that. You say you found your calling and purpose in in life. Was that a a journey that you went through? Share a little bit more because I'm sure through your insights, uh, we can learn a lot.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely a journey. Um, It was over a 20-year journey, quite honestly. Um, You know, I was lucky enough to find... um, my my faith and my belief in God at an early age, but uh, even while you may have that and that may be solid, mm-hmm. uh, when you go into your career journey, uh, sometimes you're you're not exactly sure where you should go, and so you listen and you you're looking for clues and you, you're hoping the Holy Spirit to guide you, and you're hoping that uh, some people that have gone before you will help guide you. But um, I found myself entering into the corporate space, and in particularly, I was in manufacturing for many years, and while I was in manufacturing probably about 18, 19 years in, I realized, okay, there's more to this than just the the day-to-day job. Uh, I found myself being a leader and influencing people in a positive way. And I started realizing uh, there's, there's something to that. So I started listening in that direction, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and in about 2005, um, I, it really hit me uh, upside the head one day. I said, okay, this, this is where I'm supposed to be going. Something with leadership. I'm not exactly sure where or what, um, and so it took me another five years to leave the corporate world. And I'd, I had kind of looked at a couple of different directions at some things. Uh, and in particular, I found out that leadership development for those in the corporate space and organizational development, uh, particularly around teams, mm. is where I really, really dug my uh, my teeth into the matter and, and started pushing that objective. And mm. and so in 2010, I, I, I made a plan and I actually went out and I bought a uh, a an insurance agency at the same time I started a consulting business because I wanted some stream of income from the insurance agency. Um, and then it kind of led from there. So here I am today being a full-time business coach and absolutely love it. This is where I'm meant to be. This, this is my ministry. I I was talking about this to some uh, people a couple of weeks ago and they said, well, you know, what what do you think about ministry? I said, well, you know, ministry is where you find yourself. You don't have to become a minister or Mm. something that's pastoral to be a minister. You, you can ministry anywhere. And so that's where I'm at. And I found that, that there's, a, there's a great need there.
0: Yeah, I love that journey. And isn't it interesting that when we look back through all of the involvements, I'm sure you, you today can look back at all of those experiences going right back to manufacturing And through that god-shaped character leadership abilities in you Mm -hmm. that you would never have developed had you not gone through the experience share the greatest insight if you will because this is over a number of years you know decades experience sometimes we can be impatient for God to reveal to us what's our purpose, whereas the season that we're in right now is developing the strength and the character that He's going to require in us, and we're going to require for later experiences. What would you say to someone who is impatient and wants now to be the time where they have everything come to fulfillment, if you will?
1: Well, I will say the same thing that I said that I was said to me uh, in my early 20s. I had a mentor come to me and say, "Hey, look, when you when you have opportunities in your life, um, and I had this said to me two or three different times. When you when you have these opportunities come, go to where you can learn, not where the money is." Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, when you're young you're thinking, "Okay, that sounds grandiose." And I think what he was saying to me it really came true was go where you're going to grow yourself because if you go where the money is, you may make a lot of money, but you're going to be stagnant. You're, you you mm-hmm. may not find your purpose And um so i i listened to that advice and and pretty much every time i followed that advice it went correctly it, i learned what i should learn I, I may have gone through some storms and the storms is what um really makes us into a solid individual to where we're supposed to go but when i followed the money instead it became this um empty shell if you will of, hmm. a, a part of my career and i can look back at those moments and go, yeah i made some incredible uh, inroads from a career standpoint if you put it on paper but not really in my internal self Mm -hmm. and and so when i look back at that journey it's crystal clear to me now where i was supposed to be and what i was supposed to do but at the time i couldn't see it so if that young man or woman is seeing right from in there i say look you need to follow not your heart but god's heart Mm -hmm. you know because you hear everybody follow your heart find out what you love follow your passion And I completely disagree with that. Mm. I agree with follow what's God's instilled in your heart, not what's, not what you think you want to do, Yes, but you have to get quiet and listen to that. Mm. And as you listen, sometimes things come back to you in ways that you've never even dreamed. And it's hard for me to describe that until you go through it personally, because it's going to be your own way. Mm. But, but I would say, listen, and, and, and sometimes messages come, you know, through prayer and supplication, sometimes they come through other people's voices. Sometimes they come through uh, all kinds of ways of of experiencing things, and put all that together, and then make the right decision after you you know just discerned it. Yeah. And,
0: I love the way that you've said about you know how from a worldly perspective we're told follow your heart follow your passions and you know from a biblical perspective uh yeah absolutely it has to align with god's will and and god's way however one of the things and i'd love you to speak into this one of the things that i know to be true is that because he created me he knows every single inch and, and and desires and what the strengths that he has blessed me with when i listen and i follow the outcome or the experiences are far greater than I would ever have expected had I followed on my own. Has that shown for you in in your life as well? When you've taken that time to pray and be still and listen to what's the direction God's calling, you realize, you know what, this is actually the purpose and calling. How's that transitioned for you?
1: Yeah, that's been very true. And and sometimes I've fought against that um, for a period of time until I finally relinquished to that, that, the direction or the, or the, uh, the voice that I was supposed to hear. And so I would fight against it sometimes. And sometimes that's because of our own will, we, mm-hmm. we have our own desires for things. And, um, I think when we run really fast and, and some personality types, mine in particular, you know, I'm a high D on the disc scale. I'm mm-hmm. a, you know, type a, that type of thing. We tend to run by those moments of, of listening at times and say, Whoa, you know, I went and hit a brick wall. What, what why? Mm. And you back up and go, okay, I should have listened a little more. I should have been quiet a little longer. And so, you know, as you get older, you get very good at doing those things. And I would say I'm a lot better at it today yes. than I was 30 years ago for sure. I
0: agree with you too. It's kind of like you run ahead and say, come on, God, <laughs> catch up. And it's like, no, no, you need yes. to come. You need to backtrack a few steps because... This is not yes. the direction for you. Speak a little mm-hmm. bit about calling and purpose and what that means to you because this is the greatest conversation I hear a lot of people talking about. So what does calling and purpose mean to you?
1: Well, you know, if you go to the Parable of Talents and it talks about the, uh, the different individuals that were given certain amounts of money and then they went out and they either invested and grew it or they didn't, chose not to. Um, that's kind of how our purpose and and skill sets are given to us as well. They're given some, some, people get five, some people get ten. Some people get one, you know, skill sets. Mm. Um, and, and so, you know, I always envied those people that had that once it seemed like this is what they were meant to do. They, they've known it their whole life. They knew they were going to be a doctor or a lawyer and they just did it and they love it. And that's what they're supposed to do. Well, that hasn't been my journey. My journey has been, I had, a, I've had a very, uh, uh, you know, I've had, a, I've had the ability to do a lot of different things, mm. Uh, and bounced around in different uh, formats. So I'm more of a generalist. Well, sometimes it's harder for us to find that calling because we're trying to find that one thing. Well, it may not be a one thing that's tied specifically to your skill, but your skills are put there for a reason. And so that's why different skills are given to different people because it takes all of us, you know, each part of the body has to make up the body. And mm-hmm. uh, and, and it, it's very clear about that scripture. And I, and I believe the same thing in business. So, you know, I've, I've really honed it down to I'm really only good at three really big things Mm -hmm. and if i lean in those three big things and one of them is i'm really good at coaching teaching Mm -hmm. and training so that's that's my that that's where i was meant to be my personality type what i love to do where i get my energy is from coaching others yeah so that's where i I put a lot of my time yeah second thing i'm I'm sorry go ahead no no
0: no keep going because i want to talk a little bit about how often we look at what other people's strengths and skills are and Mm -hmm. we diminish our own so you're talking about yours so teaching training and coaching what else were you going to say
1: i was going to say and i also lean into writing yeah and i'm also very good at negotiating that's 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 the three things that if i had to do three things every day and not feel burned out or not feel like my energy was pleated and feel like i was in what god made me do those are the things that i do yes and and to your point there there are people that do things i wish i could do and if i if i look at what they do and you know, what I call is this, you know, the despair to compare. If I always compare and it puts myself in despair because I can't do that Mm -hmm. or I don't have that skill set, then I can become downtrodden and and depleted. And, you know, I think what we have to do, especially for the younger people is realize that your, your secret to life as far as this subject matter we're talking about is finding what you're really great at. What are your strengths? Mm -hmm and leaning into those strengths with all your might. Mm-hmm. Now yeah there's a few times you have to go address some weaknesses because you you know if they're not uh, if they're not addressed sometimes you can find yourself in some difficulties like if you're not a good communicator you better learn how to communicate because everything revolves on communication. But there's things that um, are given to every person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we'll say this, you know, it's a God-given skill but it absolutely is. And and he has a purpose. It's very clear in scripture that there's a purpose for each one of us. And he he knows our plans and he lays our plans out um, mm-hmm. better than we ever could. So if we, if we lean into our strengths, listen to what his, the way he speaks to us in different methods. And then if we read scripture and really put all that together, you know, I caught the triangulation. If you triangulate all that together, you will find your right path and you will be resolute in it and you'll be um, more joyful. Yes. Doesn't mean you're not going to struggle, but yeah. you will be joyful in what you do because you know that's what you're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, you talk about um, you know how encouraging it is for us to to realize that we need to move from fear to faith. When you think of the, the gifts and the strengths that you know now, this is what I am really good at, these are my strengths, and this is what I'm going to incorporate in my day-to-day work with my clients, did that take a journey for you to recognize too? How did you become crystal crystal clear that these areas were where you really were you know, strengthened in? What was that process to understand that?
1: Well that's been a long difficult process <laughs> just to be honest and and I go through the process every year to make sure I am where I'm supposed to be um and I really started like I said about 2005 when I woke up to this and I started looking at uh, you know people talk about look at your yearly goals mm-hmm. and that's great but I don't I don't believe you start with yearly goals because if you look at yearly goals they could be those goals could be based on your desires or false um Ideas about where you should go based mm. on other people's, you know, comparison. I mean, there's a lot of reasons you could go the wrong way. And so, what I think what what really carried me to where I am today was I actually um, I did a eulogy, and, and I'm writing a book right now, and this will be one of the, one of the chapters in the book. But I actually wrote my eulogy um, for if I died this weekend, mm. what would my eulogy be? And I looked at that and I went, that is not what I want to be. I mean, it wasn't bad mm. worldly standards. It looked fine. You know, I was, you know, uh, successful, you know, corporate career person. I had a decent family, all these things, but it wasn't really lighting me up inside saying this is where I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So then I took that and I wrote my eulogy again, te- you know, for 10 years later. Um, and we've we passed that mark now, right? Cause that was 2005. Here it is 2019. So, um, when I wrote that 10 years later, I had all these things I wanted to do differently. And so I just started making those happen. Yes. I got extremely introspective about who I was supposed to be and all that, not just what I want to do, but who I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so I've done a lot of personality assessments. I've done a lot of, you know, I have my own coach as well. I mean, uh, I have dug deep into a lot of different ways and uncover that, and then put that story back together to say, okay, this is the story I want to create, not just what I am have been doing. Mm. And I love sense. that
0: once you get really clear on that, and you've voiced it, it is like really creating a vision, isn't it? And you know that it very mm. much is aligned with who God wants you to be, and and mm. you know the areas that He wants you to to use and leverage your gifts and strengths, and then the decisions you make are in alignment with that now you've talked about and a lot of the things that you've already spoken about really do talk into how we can find that true success but speak a little bit more about that what are some of those keys what are some of those realizations that you've had that you can mm-hmm. say you know what this is the definition of real true success
1: yeah i mean success you know is defined by, uh, by a lot of people a lot of different yeah. ways and and you know what you read at the beginning about me helping others find their their purpose and their true joy and God's promises that is that is success to me mm. the success to me is helping others find that because I found that yeah and so that defines so every time I help somebody get closer to that i'm I'm achieving my success mm-hmm. um the other the other pieces of success to me and and I'll say it very quickly I have five um uh, values that I value in this world. Mm-hmm. It's faith, family, fitness, finances, and fun in that order. So yeah. faith obviously is first and it's that order. So family, second, fitness, so my health, and mm-hmm. then finances, and then fun. Yeah, And that's the order. And so everything I do in life, I bal—I balance out by looking at those uh, five values. And if it mm-hmm. increases one of those five values, I do it. If it doesn't, I say, no, mm-hmm. it's just that simple. And yeah. And I think that kind of clarity helps you uh, encapsulate your success you can't not you cannot be successful because you you put up a uh, uh, guardrails in your life to to ensure you're going to stay on that path to success, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said, you know, you did a lot of introspective work. And for many of us who do resonate with that type A personality, that driven, mm-hmm. we're on the go all of the time. And, you know, I was just saying to the guests beforehand, if things are, you know, smoothly running for me, I'll get bored and I'll create my own chaos that I need because I love that, you know, that inaction. action. <laughs> And I think yep. one of the biggest lessons for us who are driven is to become comfortable with the, the space because that's where God can often really do some incredible things in our lives. You also talk about being humble and authentic. Speak a little bit about why those two things have been really important for you to find success.
1: Yeah. Humility is, is very key for any type of leadership role for sure, because you have to be a, you know, we hear the term servant leader. What it really is saying is being humble Mm. and caring about other people first before you care about yourself. And, and one thing that I've learned is only humble people truly learn. Mm. You you know, when when you're coaching someone um, you, you, you have to help them be humble and listen. Um, Of course, it's their decision to be humble or not, but, but if I'm coaching somebody that's not humble and they have a big ego and they they can't be authentic, which is the other word, they then they're gonna have a hard time changing. They're gonna have a mm-hmm. hard time truly getting something out of the interaction and the engagement. So we work very hard with, you know, I work specifically with business owners and we work very hard to help them break that shell and so they can become very humble and sit back and learn and listen and take things in. Mm-hmm. Because it's only when that shell's you know, cleared up that you can actually absorb those things that mm-hmm. that you need to change and be transformative. And and I had to go through that myself. I mean, I was a hard charging, you know, thought I was a really smart, you know, career guy and mm-hmm. I had to start chipping away at that.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, I think the world's uh, viewpoint in the word humble often is aligned with or thought of as being weak, whereas Mm. for me, someone who's very authentic, someone who knows their purpose and calling, particularly that biblical um, perspective, the word humility and humble for me, especially when you think of how Jesus was so humble and yet how powerful he was, um, humble is is there's such strength in that. And I think when you're a leader who brings humility and are able to bring the best out of the team even in times of crisis there's a level of respect and i'd love you to talk into this there's a level of respect that your team has for you um, that can only be gained through being that servant leader and one who puts others before yourself speak a bit more about that because as, as i said there's a it's a journey to becoming yes. that humble person even the times of crisis yes
1: oh absolutely and one of the um practices that we have with some business owners when they have been that dominant leader and they're trying to change the culture of their business. You know, think i picture a small business with 15 or 20 people in it mm-hmm. and there's this lady or, or guy that owns it and they've been dominant and I'm, I'm telling them to do this and telling them to do that and they've been doing that for a period of time and they know that something's got to change but they, now they don't know how. Mm-hmm. One of the practices we do is we've come in and say, okay, wh- where have you been um, a little dominant or made a mistake? that you haven't admitted to your team and they'll, you know, they can come up with them pretty quick mm. or if they can't, I can talk to their team and I'll find out one <laughs> <them> pretty quick. <laughs> and so we'll take that as an example It's okay, let's go dress this one. Just, you know, grab your team, buy them lunch today and just get real with them and just say, Hey, I apologize. I'm so mm. sorry. I went, I went the wrong direction here or I shouldn't have been this dogmatic here or I, mm. I should have listened to you here, whatever it might be. And that one practice, will we'll open up a lot of doors for that team to go, wow, they're really trying. They really want to be that leader that we want them to be. Mm-hmm. And what leaders will find out is they can do that and they don't get crucified. Mm-hmm. And, and so once they get used to doing that over time, um, it, it's amazing how the vulnerability will start coming out because they'll start realizing, okay, hey, this is, this is a method to get things done better and quicker. But at the same time, everybody's happier. So I didn't, I didn't lose efficiency and I'm I'm still more effective too.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's, that's a, that's a mind change. It's a mindset change for those leaders because they're so driven. They think they just got to tell people what to do and,
0: Um, Yeah, and know all the answers. That's another aspect of um, leadership that often I've had conversations, whereas leaders, where we assume that we're supposed to know everything. Well, if we know everything, why do we need team? And I would rather have people in my team that could contribute in areas that I have no idea about. But that can be a challenge, knowing that, that you don't know something and actually admitting it. But there is deep respect that you can gain as a leader by saying, well, I don't actually have any answers. Let's come up, brainstorm, you know, what suggestions do you make? Speak a bit more into that because this is a huge insight for, for us as leaders in our business. Well,
1: that's, that's a that's a very good point that you bring up because, well, let me use an example. So I'm going to a company here in a couple of days and doing a, an offsite strategic uh, planning session for a, couple, for a couple of days. And in those type of meetings, um, you tend to have those that are dominant and those mm. that sit back and and, what I show the leaders doing these meetings cause I tend to facilitate for them, especially for a new business owner that's, that's learning how to do this. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing this week. I'm showing them how to do this. I teach them how to facilitate these type meetings where they're not in charge. They're just, they're just moving the information around the room and showing them how that you speak to every person and ask for their opinion. You don't just let the two or three people that are dominant speak up. You speak to everybody and say, well, what about your opinion? What about mm-hmm. your opinion? Just for a simple example. I also, Uh, encourage them to give stories and and show where they have made mistakes or where they have failed but yet have recovered from that and moved on so their team can feel comfortable and i know as a coach i have plenty of stories to tell where i failed in my career and i use them over and over because it lets people know okay you can recover from mistakes i'm showing you vulnerability so now you open up and show me vulnerability but Mm. when the leader leads there and they and they go through an exercise that, that shows vulnerability, then their team will become more vulnerable. And, and sometimes if they're having a hard time, we'll even go around the room and say, okay, everybody here needs to tell something where they've made a big mistake in their life and nobody here knows about it yet. And wow, it just it mm. shocks people when some things come out. And we usually start with the owner.
0: Yes.
1: Because um, they have to lead that by example.
0: Yeah. yeah, let's talk about blind spots and isolation You So we've talked about ego already, mm. that these are the enemies. Well, blind spots, we, we can't often see, hence why they're called blind spots. What are some ways that as business owners, we can become aware of some of these blind spots that we need to deal with? One of the things you said, ask your team members, but what about people who may be working as a solopreneur and may only have contractors working for their business? What are some insights you can share here?
1: Well, every person that's listening to this, they have people that they know, uh, family friends, church members, club members, whatever it might be. And and there's close friends and and people that really know your some of your blind spots that they have not told you. So you need to reach out to those people and ask. And we use a simple uh, exercise for business owners to do this with family, spouse, I mean mm-hmm. if your spouse knows your blind spots, um, you know, friends and they do it with their coworkers too if they can. And that is it's called stop, start and continue. Mm-hmm. What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And what do I need to continue? Now, the chances are that most people won't put anything under continue because that's 98% of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What you're doing, for the most part, is usually pretty good. It's The gold is in the stop and the start. And I've done this at every place I ever worked. I've done this um, with my friends and colleagues. And I tell you, there's always an insight that you're missing that, that you just – don't realize you're doing. Mm. Um so for example, I went back when I was a plant manager running a plant with hundreds of people in it, I did this exercise and a young lady that worked for me, um, she was, you know, very gracious to fill it out. And and we could do it anonymously, and she chose to put her name up because she wanted to talk about it. Mm. And she told me I need to stop saying things in a certain way. I wasn't saying it, it wasn't bad but it was a pet peeve for her. So mm. it was bothering her. So we, even though I wasn't necessarily bad, it was bothering her. So yeah. when I learned that I could correct that, change that. And even apologize I'm Sorry. I did not know. Mm. Our relationship went so much better yes. because she was heard and then I responded and that's all you're trying to do is, is allow them a chance to be heard. And if you, if you do it anonymously so they don't feel like they're going to be, you know, uh, in trouble for doing this, that may be fine. But, um if they can do it honestly and open, if you can build that sort of culture, that's even better but mm. Regardless, if you get the feedback and you find two or three people said the same thing you probably got a problem in that area yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) and I think it's creating a space and an environment where everyone feels mm -hmm. safe to share that what Mm -hmm. give us some parameters maybe three insights or maybe one powerful one on when we want to create an environment how do we set that up to make sure that everybody in that that is sharing is is both safe and respected no matter what we say because I read something um, the other day you know iron sharpens iron it was today in my devotion and sometimes the people in our lives can be the best iron but we have to say that with love and integrity so what are some parameters to set up an environment that we can do that give feedback and learn about our blind spots but in a supportive way
1: well I believe it kind of depends on the culture of the business or or the or the group that you're in so if you have a really strong culture already where, where people you know truly love each other, care for each other and that sort of thing, then it's a matter of just coming up with an agreement to say, Hey, okay, this moment for let's all agree. Let's, let's, let's try to help each other become better people. And so you, you sort of come up with a, with a, an accountability agreement mm. and, and it is let's be accountable to help each other by, by being honest and pointing out certain things. And so if you've done the, the exercise we just talked about, stop, start, and continue, for example, or something similar to that. And so there's a couple of things you're trying to work on. You just tell the team, hey, look, if I say this or do that, would you please call me on it without any repercussions? Mm. I, I want I want you to do it. So please do. So you're setting up space by by telling them exactly what you want them to do, and then they do the same thing back to you. Pre- it's almost a gamification, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of of working together. If you have a culture that needs to be changed dramatically, which is what I typically go into when I go into a lot of businesses that need help. Mm. um then you may have to do something a little more dramatic such as the owner walking in and say, okay, let's have a meeting. I have not been the owner I needed to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just telling you guys and gals, I want to change this going forward. Here's things that I'm trying to change in my life. I really hope we can go around the room and find some other things other people want to do too, but I need you to help me change this business, what we want it to be. And you will usually see a few tears, a few uh, deep breaths of, mm-hmm. Oh, thank goodness. He, he finally got it. Or, you know, It won't happen overnight, though. You can't walk in the next morning and think, oh, the culture is great. And you have to just keep doing that and working on it. And it takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. But when you get there, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Great reminder that as the leader of our business or of a business, it has to come from us first. And there will be times and challenging situations, but we need to stay steadfast to that because our team is constantly looking for for that. But every time we do stay with integrity, um, ego doesn't get in the way, and we are supportive of all of the things that you've said, and then that continues to build that trust, that hmm. trust factor. And I think that's what we're really building, isn't it, in in, in the culture, yes. that trust that um you know we have their back and and vice versa and then you can start to implement um these things Greg, we've just scratched the surface but boy oh boy has today's conversation been deep and and uh, can make such a a difference uh, i think a transformation in any workplace any business share with people if you will please how they can get in contact with you and find out more about the great work you're doing
1: oh absolutely so if you want to reach me and my team. It's at businessownerfreedom.com, and you mentioned something earlier about vision. If you go to businessownerfreedom.com, there's and you go down below the fold. There's a place where you put your name and email and do, and get a PDF to show you how to walk through your own vision story. Uh, and the vision story encompasses your life and your business. We you have to, it's holistic. You have to do them both. And if you do that and then you want to reach out, and we'll be glad to review it with you on a free 30 minute call. So uh, that's where it all starts. You, you you, know, just like I said, how I got clear in my life, that's how as a business mm. owner, you have to get clear. You have to get your vision set first. It yeah. comes right out of Habakkuk, of of too, too. Oh, know?
0: that's right. I was just saying actually a couple of days ago, I'm writing on a post. It wasn't until I spent time and got so clear on the vision mission this is a number of years ago and actually the mastermind group I was part of spent a chunk of time working on this it has been the greatest um, impact in my business because I haven't been you know swayed by the new bright shiny objects or new projects or learnings as we so often love to do but rather yes. everything fell in line with where I was going so added value and momentum is so important as you know in in business otherwise we've stripped too thin. So uh, thank you for that uh, incredible offer. So please connect with Greg. One of the things that I do at the end of each show, Greg, is just to close the show with a word of prayer. May I do that for you today?
1: Oh, i absolutely love to, Yeah. All
0: right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Greg and to find out um, really from a biblical point of view, our life and our, our purpose and our calling really only aligned with you because, Lord, you created us so you know our strengths. Father, I pray for people who may not yet be totally clear on their calling, on their purpose, that they may spend some time in quiet prayer, um, listening to your voice and, and really identifying what are my strengths, Lord, and And where best do you want me to place them? Father, we just want to thank you for the insights Greg's shared. We pray for continued blessing in the work that he's doing and the clients that he's working with. Lord, when we start to implement uh, the strategies that he's talked about, we honor you in every decision that we make how we work with our team and ultimately the excellent service and products we provide our clients lord we know that we are honoring you um, as part of that kingdom and we're reminded and as greg has reminded us today our businesses how we are as leaders and show up in the workplace and in our business that is our ministry and, uh, you know, we are ambassadors of Jesus. Remind us and, and, and help us to live that out each and every day. Father, we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Greg. Loved our conversation. Um, Thank you. you. know, it's so important as leaders in our business. The buck stops with us. If we're having issues with our team, don't blame anyone else. Look inside. How can we step up to be that leader that inspires and influences our team, um, you know, to get behind the vision of the business? So once again, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was very, very much fun. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneur's Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools, and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini-training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.